Hi everyone, Jason here. On May the 14th, Stephen and myself will be appearing with the one and only Mark Lewison at the Pavilion Theatre in Dunleary, Dublin. We're going to be celebrating 60 years of a hard day's night and we would love you to join us. For tickets, go to paviliontheatre.ie or nothingisrealpod.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Nothing is real is powered by Acast. Hello and welcome to Nothing Is Real, a podcast about the Beatles. Everybody thinks they know the Beatles, but how much do we really know? My name's Jason Carty. My name's Stephen Cockcroft. And we're live on a hard drive from Dublin and Belfast. Today we're going to talk about Beatle books again. Uh, we did a Beatle books episode in season one and we covered a lot of ground, but this is somewhere that has a lot more ground to cover. And I think it's fair to say, uh, Stephen, when we put out the books episode last year, it was probably the first time I realised that uh, people were listening. We got an awful lot of feedback about it. Oh, I liked this book. Why didn't you mention that book? Um, so I think it's good to act on that feedback. Yes, uh, we, we got a lot of good comments and we got a lot of comments along the lines of, why did you not mention this book? This is my yes. favorite book. Why do you not like this book? Um, and it, it's been fairly consistent, certainly on Facebook, with people saying, what would you recommend if I wanted to find out more about this or that yeah. particular aspect? So I think there's there's you can never have too many books about the Beatles. You can never have too many books about the Beatles. And the answer to the question of why didn't we mention your favorite book last year was because we forgot. We weren't <laughs> we weren't yeah. on top of our brief, maybe. We um, yeah. Or, or perhaps it wasn't our favorite book. Exactly. So we're, we're going to dig into that. So you can go back and listen to our first episode last year because we look at some of the broad biographies and, you know, we, we probably start um, we probably start uh, all these episodes by saying, you know, go off and read the Mark Lewison book if you want to get the, the massive yeah. comprehensive overall history. Um, so we, we've picked out a few headings this year uh, that we're going to kind of run on. We're going to talk about books that have come out in the 12 months since we last did a book episode. We're going to talk about one or two upcoming books. We're going to talk about some of those books that we did overlook. Uh, we're going to talk about books that are kind of in the Beatle universe, about people who kind of might have been in and around the Beatles at the time, uh, which are which are an interesting to read. And then right at the end, Stephen's books to avoid, where he's really going to give it to some poor... Give it to somebody. Somebody's going to get picked on this year. Who's too. he going to pick on this year? Who's going to win the Philip Norman Prize for <laughs> books we don't like about the Beatles? Right. Um I mean, there, you know, there has been a good... If we start off by looking at books that came out in the last year, um, there's been two kind of big bios about 1969 and we talked a little about this in our year-end episode last year but this Ken McNabb's and in the end and Ken Womack's solid state and yeah. we are both fans of Ken McNabb's and in the end it's a good book it's a great book yeah. I, I really enjoyed this book um I, I picked it up not really knowing uh what what line it was going to take um it's a story that uh, you know we all know the story yeah. uh it's it, but what what Ken McNabb does he he constructs this really engaging yeah. uh genuinely entertaining narrative out of 
a story that we all know. Yes. Um, so you, you sort of find yourself, it's almost like a novel in the sense that you're waiting to see what happens next and you're really hoping it's going to turn out differently yeah. um, <laughs> not, uh, at, at the end. It's... Um, uh, my only slight i'm a big yoko fan i think he's slightly dismissive of yeah. of, of yoko and I, I, we're kind of spearheading the yoko uh, revival yoko revival but that aside uh, i think that says more about me than than it does about ken mcnab yeah I, I i really like this book i really liked it too and again sometimes when you've read a lot of Beatle books you start off on one and you're like oh do i really have to read this book yeah and yeah. You, you perhaps have more patience than i do for this kind of thing uh stephen but yeah this is a book that follows you know there's 12 chapters january february march april it follows just 1969 it's a great i think i said this before it's a great companion book to the Beatles 66 book yes uh, where yes. you're kind of looking at a month on month and the thing that i got out of it that i hadn't really gotten out of a uh any book before is it's great at drawing out the story of how john lennon and joko go from being befuddled addicts essentially in January 1969 to meeting world leaders for world peace in December 1969 it really pulls out that story really really well and if you kind of want to get a sense of it's really a John Lennon in 69 is the the book inside this book that's really interesting yes that's that's really the core story within the story um no it's a rare book that I can sort of say look I absolutely wholeheartedly recommend this book and I think it's just come out in paperback um, or at least there's a paperback yep. edition now available. So uh, there's there's really there's no excuse. Every home should have one. Every home should have one. And the flip side book of that is Ken Womack's Solid State. And to be honest, I started this one and I was like, I'm going to park this. I really couldn't get through Solid State. Really, because I I, I had the same yeah. the, the same feeling with it, but I actually thought it would probably appeal more to you than to me because it was dealing with a lot of the well a lot <laughs> the of the kind stuff. of tech, the techie stuff. Yeah. Um, uh, it, this is a book that I really wanted to love. I, I, I do like Ken Womack. He's very well respected. I, I got several of his books. I really enjoyed his uh, George Martin yeah. uh, biography. This, I just, maybe I've just read too many Ken Womack books all in too short a time. Yeah. It seemed to be a little bit of duplication with other works, which is which is yeah. maybe inevitable. You're looking at the same story yeah. from different angles. Um uh, it's a very familiar story. When it wasn't telling me a familiar story, the technical stuff was just above my head. I'm yeah. afraid. I think I, 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 would, think... I, I genuinely thought you you would like it for that. I think I will go back to it. You know, and probably because I, I got to Ken McNabb's book first, I might have been in the headspace mm. to read Ken Womack. So I'm, I'm not I'm not saying it's good or bad. I'm just saying it didn't it didn't capture me at the time. Yeah. And uh, I also have to put up my hands and say I haven't read the George Martin book, and I probably should read those first because they seem very comprehensive. Yes, they they are extremely comprehensive. Again, yeah. there was a little little bit of inevitably. There's a little bit of recycling and covering old ground. Yes. Um, what what I found most interesting about the George Martin books was the sort of the early years of his life and uh, sort of his relationship with his wife and his first family and and that and and then you sort of get into the Beatles recording years. Yes, and, yeah. and you're sort of going over ground that you know. Um, uh, and again, and, and inevitably, the post Beatles years don't take up as much time as yeah. It's the like Beatles years. that's always the sinking feeling in a biography when you're you're reading a biography about anybody and it's not the Beatles. And you know, say it's a big four hundred page book, and you yeah. get three hundred pages in, and you're only about ten percent of the way through their career. It's like, and then yes. and then they release Sticky Fingers, and you're like, really? You're gonna put the next yeah. forty years in a hundred pages? 
And yeah. granted, that's just the way of life. You know, you're, 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 maybe for all of us, your 20s are more interesting than your 40s. Uh, you know, and you're... We, you, and I, you, you and I are the only people that want to know what Ringo Starr was doing when he was 36. Uh, you know, that, that, that is true, yes. Um, but, uh, well, yeah, if, if, if you'd buy a book if it was called Ringo Starr in the 80s, that's, that's a book I, I that's would. waiting to be written. I absolutely um, would buy that book, but I'll, I'll buy anything. Um, so so there are the first two books. The other uh, books, other books that come out in the last year let's talk about peter asher's a to z yes what's your take on that uh i really want to be able to recommend this yeah. but i really really can't this is this is a book I, I i heard that this was coming yeah um i was really looking forward to it you know peter asher is the sort of insider's insider his yeah. sister was jane asher paul yeah. girlfriend he, he worked yeah. for apple he recorded as one half of peter and gordon he was he he helped specifically James Taylor, uh, you know, and he he uses James Taylor on the front cover. Who better than Peter to tell us these stories? And he 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 must have fantastic stories to tell. He just doesn't tell them. Yeah, and it's yeah. an odd format. This book, it's A it's, to Z. Yeah, so so literally, it's A is for Apple, E is for Eleanor Rigby, X is for Paul McCartney on the X Factor. It's it's <laughs> seriously, it's so that key moment in his career. Yeah, it's so contrived yeah. uh, as to be laughable. And as a result, it sort of skips around chronologically. Right. There's just no sense to it. Um, I also made the mistake of picking up a, 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 an American edition of the book or a, wherever I ordered it from. And it's the cheapest, uh, nastiest cover. Oh, really? Paper. Yeah. Oh, dear. Um, this, is, this is a book that you could kind of dip into. Yeah. You know, uh, it's it's not uh, it's not a book I could recommend, and it's so disappointing. I I really want. A, yeah. Has he written any uh, other books, Peter Asher? He has, hasn't he? I don't know. I, I mean, not, not, I can't not, think not, of any off the top of my head. If no, that's if that's no. his contribution, it's a bit disappointing. It is extremely disappointing. Um, mm-hmm. And my last comment that I scribbled down here was: X should have been for the X-ray picture sleeve on John's Cold Turkey single, rather that's than right. Paul McCartney on on. That's you know he needs me to come and edit the next book. <laughs> um, another book that came out in the last year was uh, the Polaroid Diaries of of Linda McCartney's Polaroid picture. It's a bit of a coffee table book. That one doesn't really yes. have a. A narrative story but that was you know there was linda mccartney exhibitions going on back in the the time when the world used to have exhibitions that we could yes go to. when we could travel we had great plans we had great plans to go see the linda, to McCartney, go, to exhibition. Go see the linda mccartney exhibition i believe it's now it moved from glasgow's kelvin gallery it's now or it was kelvin in, grove, in, yeah. in kelvin grove it's uh in liverpool Yes, so that was that was our plan, our, our road trip for this year. Yes, and uh, so that's been put on pause. Two great places, Liverpool and, and Glasgow, um, and then the, probably the, the last book that we should talk about that's come out, and this is a twenty twenty book, is Craig Brown's One Two Three Four, and yeah. this is a book that everybody seems to love. Certainly, you and me live in a, a Beatles Twitter bubble, social media <laughs> bubble, yes, and everybody seems to like this book. And I've just finished it, and. Yeah, it's 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 good fun. It's really good fun, uh, and I think in one sense, uh, you know, the timing of this book was was perfect because everyone was suddenly in the UK was suddenly in lockdown. Yes, <laughs> um, th- this book had been trailed; it was coming, and all we could see on our Twitter uh, feed were, were, were people buying the book or yeah. don't tell me anything about this book. Is this book worth worth reading? Yeah, um, it's it's an excellent book. Uh, it's a book that I sort of read. I think literally across two days, but that would have been two full days of just 
sitting around doing nothing but reading the book. Yeah, uh, it's, it's uh, for those of you who, who don't know, Craig Brown uh, is sort of well-known author. He writes for Private Eye, which is a satirical magazine. Yes. Um, and he does so the diaries he, for Private Eye, which are a, ex- they've yes. been a key part there for years and years and years, where yeah. every week he writes uh, a diary in the style of somebody who's having their moment in pop culture, more or less. Yes. And he writes in their voice, and it's always very funny. So if un- unrelenting uh, cynicism and sarcasm is your thing, <laughs> and, and I'm afraid it I mean, is It is mine. your thing, Stephen. Yeah. yeah um, <laughs> <laughs> don't give too much away. Uh, then then, then this, this is the book for you. Um, he, he wrote a, a, a book a few years ago about Princess Margaret. Um, yeah. And which I, th- I think it's called like 99 uh, Glimpses of Princess Margaret, and this book is is sometimes referenced on websites as 150 glimpses of the Beatles. Yeah, that's um, kind of the subtitle of the book. And so the format of the book is worth talking about. It's 150. Yeah. It, it's, it's interesting because we've talked about this uh, before, that, you know, we're kind of in this wave of uh, Beatle books where people are rolling their own experience into the Beatles. So famously, yes. we constantly talk about dreaming the Beatles. Yes, uh, which is kind of a, a you know one of the spirit animals of this podcast is this dreaming the Beatles book by Rob right. Sheffield, where he takes his own experience and reflects all his own thoughts through the Beatles. Craig Brown's book is, I don't know, would it be my first stop Beatles book as a biography? Although it does tell the story in a vaguely chronological and ordered fashion. Yes, um, no, I, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't recommend it as a, a, a sort of first book or even sort of introduction to. It's, it's not really biography. It's, um, as you say, it kind of touches on cultural references and, and things that were happening around the yeah. Beatles, how they influenced. Yeah. There, there's not a lot of of new information going yeah. to come bubbling up to the surface here. But he, what he does with the information and how he presents it is in a, is a very interesting style. It's not quite like uh, Rob Sheffield's book, which is still, you know, yeah. the, I, I don't know, maybe the best or one of the top three books I've read in the last few years. Um, but it's very funny. It's very cynical. Yes. Um, if you're easily uh, offended as a beat as a Beatles fan, because yes. you know there are sections when he's just mercilessly uh, making fun of uh, Beatle fandom, and yes. uh, you know, the, I I sat down and I started to read the first chapter, and which is a description of him going around um, the National Trust Properties. Beatles childhood homes, and I just thought I'm going to hate this book because the people he's yeah. making fun of, I am the people that he's making fun of. But actually, it, it, it is so funny. I think, yeah, I think they're probably, if, they, if I did have a criticism of the book, they're the bits I don't like. Not because I'm a sensitive Beatles fan. I just thought, you're not really telling a Beatles story. You're kind of just getting your opinion piece out. And there's about half a dozen, that there's 150 very short chapters in this book. Yeah. And about half a dozen of them are him. You know, they're on these tour properties and they're... Um, you know, he's kind of being very deeply cynical and picking fights and all this kind of stuff. And yeah, you're right. A lot of them are at the front and you think, oh, I don't want to read 400 pages of this. But then when he tells, like, there's one or two things in this that I haven't heard before, particularly, you know, my favorite is Judy Garland turning up at Brian Epstein's house. Yes, it's just yes. a story that I hadn't heard. And uh, yeah, there's a couple of little bits and pieces like that. He, the chapter where Yoko appears is very mean, very anti-Yoko uh, in that sort of private eye, British public school boy yeah. kind of sneery tone. Um, but there's a whole lot more positives than negatives in this book. And it's definitely worth, as again, it, 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 the question of 
you start reading a Beatles book and you're like, do I have to? And you find yourself barreling through this one. No bother. Yes, yes. Uh, the the notes I have here are I thought I thought the treatment of Yoko was pretty shabby. Yeah. Um, and uh, some of those articles where he's being cynical and he's he's those are pieces that I thought would have worked very well as standalone pieces in private eye. Yeah. Um, but when you there are fewer yeah there there are more positives than negatives and when you slot those into the book yeah. I think they they jar slightly when you yes. you, you you come upon them. The rest of the book has a certain tone, and it, it's it, it's uh, it's sort of uh, it's extre- it's extremely entertaining, and it's a very easy book to read. It's a it book is very easy to read. Yeah. You know, I own, I it only came out a few weeks ago. Uh, I've just finished reading it. It's a book I think I'll probably read again in in a couple of weeks. And he paints a very grim picture of John in Weybridge. It really made me think about yes, that yes. part of John's life and how, even though he's very mean about Yoko Ono. Uh, you kind of have to think, oh man, John was not happy in 65, 66 in that house. And my favorite fact, something I didn't know before, was that Ringo's house down the road was called Sunny Heights, which is the most Ringo name for a house ever. Like, like it's not even, it's not even a metaphor. It's just Ringo's house is called Sunny Heights and John would just tear off, I'm going to Sunny Heights. Yeah. Yeah. Because Ringo had a bar. He did have a bar. He had a he had a full full blown bar in uh, uh, in 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 the house. It it is a book. It is it is a very enjoyable book. And as you say, it's it's sort of similar to Rob Sheffield's book in that people he he's kind of weaving its it, its opinion. Yes. And uh, one of the other things I, I noted down here is is that a a, a reaction to uh, the Mark Lewis and tune in approach that well, possibly really, i mean i have, think there is no straight, there's nowhere else to go there's nowhere else to go for straight biography really yeah and so you have to have an angle so maybe the angle is like ken McNabb. okay i'm going to look at month by month or yeah you know i'm uh, you know i'm going to look at it through my own personal reflections or personal opinions yeah i, I think that's um I, I, and it's also you could argue it's part of the culture that we're in at the minute that people are doing books and podcasts and blogs about well here's what i thought about this and here's how i experienced that well, it is what what's interesting about the Craig Brown book in that context, and more so his book on Princess Margaret. Mm. He he wrote about Princess Margaret, yeah. you know, who at one who at one point was second in line to the the the, the throne. Yeah, he, he writes about her as a celebrity. Yes, not as a member of the royal family, or not as this sort of deified or rarefied or something separate. Yeah, and and I suppose that's also the approach he's taking. Yeah. uh, And I think, you know, uh, it's a book that I never thought a book would make me want to go off and read a Princess Margaret book, but I do want to go off and read his Princess Margaret book now. So that's well, I I have to I have to say I went straight on to. um, Oh, have you got it? I I, I read it. I went on to Amazon and I kind of picked up a hardback copy for about two pounds. It is very funny. It's very entertaining, but it's it's almost identical you can see it's just the template for this book yeah um so i don't think you'll get away with it a third time but it's it's um yeah it's it's a book i'd write it's a good book so that's craig brown's one two three four uh, 150 glimpses of the beatles in time which has just come out in march of this year and i think we're telling you that it's a good read um Upcoming books, there's uh, three upcoming books that we might just mention. Uh, there's a book by the Beatles themselves. They're obviously hard at it on their typewriters right now uh, yep. called Get Back, which is the first signifier that we're going to get some kind of get back activity later in the year. This seems to be a movie 
tie-in book and I'm going to guess it's some kind of coffee table type thing but we don't really know any more than that we don't we don't know uh I mean the original album let it be album came as a deluxe uh box set with mm. sort of big glossy photographs uh by Ethan Russell um uh, have, have you seen that book I, I've I seen it a, online I have it on pdf <laughs> very good uh, I mean the, the the photographs there are spectacular yeah it's um, very nice I do have a a, a copy of that mm-hmm. let it be box set but the book is notoriously fragile yeah it falls so apart. It's, al- it's almost one of those things where you have to look at the photographs using a, a mirror on a stick <laughs> um to avoid opening the book or 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 splitting uh, splitting the cover um so so i i would like to see a lot of that yes um you know what i don't want is another anthology style massive coffee table book that takes two people to lift it's, yeah it's, you know um so that's coming out hopefully in october um patty boyd has a life uh, has, a, has a book coming out called my life through a lens uh yes. which is a biography again this is this is a well i i, I think it's a, a sort of biography in photographs right, um, okay you know I, I you know i'm very fond of patty boyd um and she has carved out a sort of semi-career as a photographer. So, oh right, uh, but, okay. So they're but her you think, yeah, but you you, you think um, uh, of the kind of opportunities that she's had, the the yeah. the, the, the events and the uh, recording sessions and and things that she's been present at. Uh, it should be, uh, be interesting. interesting. Okay. She, she she does have a, a an autobiography that came out a few years ago called Wonderful Tonight. Nice, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, which was sort of co-written by. Penny Junior, I've read that book. It's entertaining enough, but it's just like riddled with uh, uh, factual errors. Um, <laughs> Again, uh, why don't these people call you up, Stephen? I don't know. I don't know. Um, you know, she in, in writing that book, she she had a you know she's a participant. She has an agenda, but it's an interesting account because it it, it sort of goes right across. Um, yeah, uh, sort of the Beatles years, the Eric Clapton years. Um, so that's Paddy Boyd, My Life Through a Lens. Obviously, nothing to do with Robbie Williams's nineteen ninety eight debut album, Life Through a Lens. Unfortunately, it's disappointing. It is a bit disappointing. And then the third upcoming book is Fab Fools by Jem Roberts, and Jem's been in touch with you directly. Yes, this is a book. It's an interesting I, idea. This book. It's it. Yes, yes. I mean, this is this is what we, we've sort of talked about this before on 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 the previous books episode. We talked about Joe Gooden's book. Um, uh, riding so high, which is looking at the story and looking at sort of drugging aspects. This is this is basically and riding looking, so high is definitely worth getting. That's a top book. As well. It's a, it's 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 a very good book. It is a very good book. This is this is um, uh, the story of the Beatles' adventures in comedy. Yeah, and you sort of think, well, but you know, you've got you've got Hard Day's Night, you've got Help, you've got all of the sort of films, you've got. Uh, John appearing with Peter Cook and Dudley Moore. You've got the Bonzos. You've got all of that. You've yeah. got uh, um, George. So this is this is a book uh, I'm really looking forward to. Um, Neil Innes was very much involved uh, in 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 this book, um, and his on uh, death in, in at the end of uh, 2019 sort of impacted on on the timeline here. Um, but I have been in touch with with Jem, and he was saying. The, the manuscript has been reworked, um, partly as rising out of, of uh, Neil Innes passing away. It has been delayed. The publication was already initially due for maybe April yeah. of this year. It's now been pushed back, hoping to get that out in September. Okay. What, 
but what I would say is if you go on to the yeah. Fab Fools uh, website, um, and we can put a link up to that, yeah. um, you can pre-order the book. And it's the pre-sales will will sort of help towards Support. the funding and things like clearing photo rights and things like that. But it but, does sort of lead to this thing that we talked about a second ago, which is, well, where do you go after Lewiston-style biographies? And you just yeah. take an angle. And so this is an interesting yes. angle. Yeah. The Beatles were funny. They were so funny. That's like like legitimately, genuinely funny. And so yes. it, it's going to be an interesting take to see how, you know, both how funny they were, but also how they interacted with pure comedy itself. Exactly. And the thing, you know, Jem Roberts has a fantastic uh, pedigree. Yeah. Um, you know, he's done biographies of uh, Douglas Adams, uh, Fry and Laurie, uh, Blackadder. I'm sorry, I haven't a clue. So he has a fantastic pedigree here yes. as a sort of comedy historian. So this is this is something I'm really looking forward to. Good, good. So that'll be out later in this year. That's uh, um, Fab Fools by Jem Roberts. Now, uh, category number three, the big one, books we overlooked last year. And we're going to overlook some more books this year. But don't yeah. worry, we're going to do another one of these in 12 months time. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Um, the big book we overlooked last year, uh, I would say, is Michael Brown's Love Me Do. We got so much feedback. So much flack for that. <laughs> and I have another confession to make, which was, by, when we did the podcast last year, I had never read Love Me Do. And that is somewhat unforgivable. And so I went off and rectified that. And it is a sensational book, Love Me Do. It really really is is. uh, one of a kind. Uh, Tell us about Love Me Do. Uh, This is is what Mark Lewison describes as possibly the best book written about the Beatles. Beatles. Um, And he did a foreword for the 1995 uh, edition. Lennon said it was the best book uh, about the Beatles. But essentially, it's based on... Uh, Michael Braun traveling with them in late 63, early 64. Uh, A lot of it is sort of fly on the wall in the dressing rooms, um, just recording what they were saying, uh, giving you an insight into what that was like. Uh, You know, in some senses, the the kind of slight squalor of the being on the road uh, at that period in their career. Um, What, what is most remarkable about this book is, is that, it exists at all. Yes. Yeah. The one, one that he was given that kind of access um, just as they were sort of taking off. And also that having produced the book, which is, you know, it's a warts and all uh, yep. description. And you think it back in 63, 64, 
Um, it's amazing that it was actually uh, sort of given the green light. There's a bunch of fortuitous things about this. So it's fortuitous that the time he is with the Beatles is the end of 63 to the start of 64. So he is there when they are, you know, when they're making those weeks from touring the provincial theatres of Britain to breaking through in America, you know, and yep. he's, he's recounting what they get up to when they get to New York. And uh, so his timing is just purely fortuitous. The fact that he's embedded and that he has access is really striking. But you're right. It's, it's you know, the, the, the Beatles are smoking, drinking, cursing. Um, they're really rough around the edges. And it's like when the book comes out, there's perhaps, it's, it's interesting that the book isn't huge. The book comes out when the Beatles are the biggest thing in the world. And yeah. in some ways the book it kind of gets underplayed maybe at the time where they're like, Oh, you know, they weren't cursing that much type stuff. It's, it's, you would have thought if you were a publisher releasing a, a Beatles on the road biography book in 64, 65, that it, it would have had a, a longer impact and it's sort of become kind of a connoisseur's book in a way. Yes. Yes. Um, it is. I mean, you're, it, it doesn't cover a huge period of time. It's not yeah. a, a sort of, packed full of interesting facts it's it's just uh, as, as a, a fly on the wall look at them taking off and it's it's one of the interesting things that lewison remarks on in his um introduction to the 95 edition is that the nme at the time called it an image killer hmm. so there must have been a perception even then this is this is not uh, you know how you would present this band uh, yeah. if you were if you, if this was an official book. It was not mentioned in the Beatles Monthly fan magazine at the time. Oh, really? So they're, they're not they're not actively promoting it. Um, so by that state, by the time the book hits the shelves, I suppose the official narrative had yeah. moved on. There's an official history, if you like, starting to be written. Um, David Hepworth uh, had a theory. Um, he loves a good theory. Uh, he loves a good theory, but David Hepworth wrote, and and it's it's. Yeah. I'm just going to uh, um, quote about it. He said, um, "It's as though the window is just closing on their real lives, and henceforth we will only be able to see them through the clouds of myth." Right. And I think that's exactly it. It's it's the it's the last glimpse at the people as at the Beatles as individuals henceforth yeah. they would they would be in air quotes the Beatles well it's also a view of it's probably the only bit of reportage we have of the Beatles when they still had something to achieve they're still going somewhere and yes there, there's a switch that gets flicked in 64 essentially when they break America where as you say they just become the Beatles they're just huge and yes. there's still a mountain to climb when Michael Brown gets on board to 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 start taking notes for this book, and he's there as they reach the top of the the mountain. So it's a totally unique piece of time. It is. It is. As as I say, it's not. You're you're not going to get a lot of facts here, but you're going to get a really interesting uh, snapshot. Yes. Of, of that. Of the. As you say, they're still climbing the mountain. Yeah. And uh, John Lennon said he liked the book because he wrote how we were, which was bastards. And there is, yeah. a, there is, and there isn't a bit of truth. I mean, you're certainly reading this, and you're thinking, "Well, I guess they're not the shadows," you know. Yeah, I mean, they're you know they're drinking, they're swearing, they're making jokes, uh, yeah. they're making very, very some very politically incorrect uh, jokes. Um, 
But but again, Hepworth says, you know, they don't come over as bastards. They're just four blokes from unremarkable backgrounds who suddenly find themselves uh, bulleted into a position yeah. nobody'd ever been in before. And this is that somehow I have to deal with it. Um, and the author himself, Michael Brown, he died in 1997. He had quite a he had quite a life. He he had. I mean, this is this is. I didn't know much about him, but I I, I went back and sort of looked up his obituary um, from 1997 uh, and the independent uh, in the UK described him as a zealot of the counterculture. So he worked with Stanley uh, Kubrick uh, uh, whenever he was making Lolita, Dr. Strangelove, uh, supposedly the Beatles wrote paperback writer about him. Yeah. Um, he moved to California. Um, he was with Roman Polanski the night in London, the night that Polanski got the call to say that his wife had been, oh my been, God. been, been murdered. Um, the description of his, his funeral is quite something in the obituary. It said, uh, uh, it's unclear whether he was 55 or 60. He was buried in his ubiquitous sweat clothes, surrounded by chanting Buddhist monks, uh, from his sister's ashram. And appropriately enough, several fistfights broke out. Uh, around the the body of this arch manipulator and masterful provocateur, he was an unknown legend in his time, and certainly he seems to just have been there at all of these. That's kind of how. That's how I want to go, Stephen. Make a note of that. Yeah, a fist fight at your funeral. Fist fight with Mull of Kintyre playing in the background. If you could if, make it if, so, that'd be great. If I'm there. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'll, I'll make it so. Um, so that's one really important book that uh, we overlooked last year. Michael Braun's Love Me Do. Dig it out. It's You can get it on Kindle, even if you can't find a, a hard copy. Um, one or two other books worth mentioning. Uh, Richard Unterberger's Unreleased Beatles is, yeah. uh, you know, the Lewison books are very well known. Unterberger's book maybe is a bit of a fans fan book, but it is an extraordinary troll. It's called The Unreleased Beatles through recordings films television everything the beatles did that we haven't seen or that we don't know about he catalogues it in this book it is i mean it's 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 a fantastic reference book yeah you know, this is not this is not a book you're going to sit down and read from from cover to cover yeah. it's not a narrative but it's a it's a superb reference book i found it great uh, back in um january 2019 i decided i'd read it day by day for every day of the uh, get back sessions and it's that's, very good for that that's 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 so you that's so me well i know i know mark lewison sat down and listened to the live tapes every day my contribution was just to read the associated uh, richie unterberger entry for the day but it's, yeah. it's a great book and it's one of those books you sometimes see piled high at the back of a hmv or a golden discs in ireland here record store yeah. you know those, those it's those kind of books that I, I, I think, somewhere. I, I think I got my copy in FOP, I was going to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's it's well worth picking up The Unreleased Beatles by Richie Unterberger. Uh, a book I love that I've read two or three times is um, uh, a book by Clinton Halen, who's a fantastic writer. Every single book he writes is well worth yeah. reading. Um, but it's a book called uh, The Act You've Known for All These Years. And you've yes. read that, haven't you? I have read that. I, I seem to have two copies of that in two different editions. Again, yeah. this seems to be a book that you're. You, I, I constantly see this book. Yes. In in, in sort of bargain basement. Yes. Shops and things like that. You know? And it, it has and a Sergeant Pepper alluding cover on it. Yes, slightly and misleading. It's uh, it's it's interesting because. It's called The Afternoon for All These Years. I think I picked it up thinking it was going to be a nice view of Pepper in 67. And what he posits yeah. is that actually Pepper was the end. And what was really happening was the, the beginning of the next phase of music. And particularly he hangs it on almost 
the Beatles handing over to Pink Floyd. You know, Pink Floyd yeah. are yeah. feature heavily in this book that while they're doing Pepper, Floyd are, with Sid Barrett are starting their journey. And he, he makes a very good point and he kind of looks at that Pink Floyd, the move axis, you know. So Pink Floyd and the move kind of started from the same point and then went in very different directions. We're and, not talking it. We're, we're, and the move became the the move became. We all know they became ELO. And uh, thank, thank you and good night. So this is <laughs> yes. Welcome to um, uh, ELO Way, podcast. the move podcast. Yes, but the active note for all these years by Clinton Halen is a great book, and it has in the opening paragraph, uh, which is quite a funny line. It says, "When the Beatles released Sgt. Pepper to a suspecting world." <laughs> uh, which is a nice way of putting it because we're kind of told oh nobody was expecting Sergeant Pepper and yeah, actually he's like yeah. no everyone was expecting Sergeant Pepper everyone was, so, everyone was waiting yeah yes uh, and then the last book in terms of books we overlooked you were going to mention Chris O'Dell's book but that's is that about the Beatles or is that her biography book or what is this is this is this is a this is a very strange book this Chris O'Dell was essentially started off as as one of the girls working in the Apple building. Uh, you know, she said used to get their lunch, answer phones, that sort of thing. Um, she then became friendly with Patty Boyd. She she started moving in those circles. Uh, ultimately, um, she was present at the sort of unraveling of of, of George and Patty's marriage. Um, she was very present uh, at the unraveling <laughs> of uh, Ringo's marriage to Maureen. Um, yes, it, it's it's a pretty kind of salacious tale but it, it's almost despite myself um I, I i couldn't stop turning the pages on this book i mean yeah. she, she's kind of been everywhere george wrote a song about her um you know it's it's just a re- if you just want a, a you know this is a holiday book this is a book take take to the beach if we're ever allowed to go to the beach um yeah. <laughs> it, it's uh, ringo star is the godfather to her son so she yes. she was an insider and it's yeah. a you know it's a little bit kind of self-serving but you know she they went on to work with bob dylan with the stone she appears on the front cover of uh, exile on main street you know okay. she, she 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 has tales uh to tell yeah, she does and i mean as i said it's kind of a, a fun book if you're in the mood for that kind of thing um and you know so she, yeah she was having an affair with ringo she was at ringo's house when harrison admitted to ringo that he was having an affair with ringo's wife maureen so that's how many people that's not a love triangle that's a love square isn't it of, yeah of, of at all least sorts of proportions maybe a pentagon who knows um, many that, and what's that chris o'dell book called uh yeah this is the best or worst title uh it's called miss o'dell my hard days and long nights with the beatles the stones bob dylan eric clapton <laughs> and, the, and, and the women they loved Whew, that's quite a mouthful. It's, it's all it's all gone on there. Um, again, and there was there was another book I wanted to mention in in books that we overlooked, and this is just because people had been getting in touch about Brian Epstein, and uh, well, that kind of leads it, us into people in books about people in the Beatles universe. So Chris O'Dell okay, was in the Beatles I'm, universe, I'm and taking, I guess that I'm kind of leads into out of sequence. Uh, no, okay. no, 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 because they they kind of do overlap because there is a a certain tranche of books about people who are either directly related to the Beatles or indirectly yeah. related to the Beatles. But yeah, sorry, I didn't mean to cut across you. Brian Epstein is uh, obviously key. Yeah, I mean, uh, w- w- what is surprising is perhaps that there aren't more biographies or more books about Brian Epstein. You know, he was so central yes. uh, to, to the start of their career and arguably his death impacted so profoundly on their career that, that, that I was surprised when I have 
two books about Brian Epstein. And that seems to me to be all there is. Yeah, there's um, not a lot. One of them is the Arena documentary book, The Brian Epstein Story. Yes. So this was a, a in the UK, uh, Arena, which is a BBC documentary uh, program, uh, did a, did an episode on Brian Epstein and there was a, a tie-in book. And that, that's quite good. It's a kind of light trot uh, through through his story. Um, Ray Coleman has a biography of John of uh, Brian Epstein, uh, which uh, is is very good. It's very thorough. It's a very solid book. It it, it um, a little bit superficial, perhaps. You know, dealing with uh, sort of the darker side of Brian's character, but uh, the Epstein family were involved in the book, so perhaps that's uh, that that that's that's to be why expected. it is the way it is. But um, yeah, but it is it is a sort of insider's book. Um, it does talk about his sexuality and about how this impacted on him and his kind of darker sort of that slightly tortured side. Okay. Um, so it is a book. It, it is a book. Uh, it's, it's focused very much on Epstein. It's not a, a sort of an appendix to a book about the Beatles. It, it, it stands on its own right. So I would, I would okay. recommend it. So that's Ray Coleman's book, and it's just called Brian Epstein, isn't it? Just yeah, it's just called Brian Epstein. And uh, Ray Coleman's also written a wrote, wrote a book about John Lennon, didn't he? As well, so he does a Beatle biography. Yes. Um, He's kudos, good, good, good credentials. Um, so when we do look at this broader books about people in the Beatles universe, they go from people who are obviously intimately involved in the story, like Brian Epstein himself, um, to people maybe more peripherally involved, but whose kind of existence makes sense in a world where the Beatles exist. And one is House of Nutter, which is a, a pretty wild book. It's a good book. I really like this book. Uh, this, this is a book. I wasn't sure, you know, how much Beatle content there was going to be. Yeah. Um, it's really, I think, it's a sort of biography of uh, Tommy Nutter, essentially, uh, who was a, I, I suppose, would you say he was a tailor? He was a designer, fashion designer. Yeah. Uh, big, big lapels. Uh, you know, my... my Top trivia fact is that three of the Beatles turned up independently for the Abbey Road cover session, all wearing clothes or suits designed by Tommy Nutter. Yeah. Uh, so he was right at the heart. I won't, if people are going to get this book, I will not spoil anything that goes on in this yeah. book, but there are some really quite, at least to me, surprising uh, uh, revelations. Yeah, the, it's, it's, it's the story of Tommy Nutter and also his brother's involved in yes, the story as well. And yeah. it's, uh, it's a very specific ride through uh, that kind of late 60s uh, London period. And the interesting thing about Tommy Nutter is that he kind of overlaps into another book I was going to mention, which is uh, a book called Hello Darlings, the authorised biography of Kenny Everett by James Hogg and Robert Sellers. Uh, and that's uh, a biography about, you know, you either know or don't know who Kenny Everett is. So uh, if you're of a certain age, Kenny Everett was, you know, a radio DJ and or a television comedy star in the 70s and 80s. Back in the 1960s, he was a pirate radio DJ and uh, he was very much fated by the Beatles. Um, but he had a you know a very curious life. And one of the things that he got involved in was he was a uh, he was a, essentially someone who didn't know they were gay or was a closeted homosexual. And he gets involved in a relationship with Peter Brown from the Beatles offices as in Peter Brown uh, called to say you can make it OK from the bad of John and Yoko. And in the aftermath of Brian Epstein's death, Peter Brown dumps Kenny Everett for Tommy Nutter. So it's a there's an odd kind of synchronicity to to what's going on there. But the the Hello Darlings book, 
you know, it, Kenny has an awful lot of overlap into what the Beatles were doing. He was embedded in their last US tour, so we get to hear about that. He regularly would interview the Beatles, particularly John and, uh, and George, and he claims to have been there when he got caught in a, a rain shower out in John's house, which led to the lyric from I Am The Walrus. Uh, he was he was sat in the English uh, he was sat in the I am the Walrus recording sessions and John says hey do you remember Kenny we were on on the golf course and it rained on us um, so there, there's there's a lot of Beatles overlap in the in the authorized biography of Kenny Everett it's quite a it's quite a story and he he had an input into the last of those Christmas albums that is Christmas correct singles, as well Christmas he, singles. The last two Christmas singles were edited by Kenny Everett. One of them's under his real name, Morris Cole. So, uh, you know, if you're like me and, you know, Kenny Everett was 80s Kenny Everett, where he was a BBC TV star, you know, the whole arc of Kenny's life is uh, is quite fascinating. It's a pity he's not still around today. I think he'd be, uh, he's he's sorely missed. Yeah. On just briefly going back to that House of Notter book, I, oh, forgot, yeah. I, I didn't mention who wrote it. It's a guy called Lance Richardson. Oh, yes. Uh, and, and the full name of the title of the book is House of Notter, the Rebel Tailor of Savile Row. So yeah. if, you, if you're interested, if you have an interest in the sort of swinging 60s generally, uh, that's a great book. That is a good book. Um, there's two more we'll mention about books in the Beatle universe. One is Jenny Boyd's book. Um, and Jenny Boyd is Patty Boyd's sister. And yep. she has a few stories to tell as well. She does. This is a this is a, a book has only just recently come out. Um, uh, Jenny Boyd. She was a I say Patty Boyd's sister. She was a model in her own right. Uh, this really tells the story of her primarily her relationship with uh, Mick Fleetwood, mm. uh, to whom she was married twice. Um, <laughs> it, it's it's pretty up and down. It's called Jennifer Juniper is the name of the book uh, because Donovan. Anybody remember Donovan? Uh, He's the guy who helped the Beatles write the White Album. He doesn't like to talk about that. He doesn't like to talk about that, yeah. Um, But he wrote Jennifer Juniper for her. Hmm. Um, So it's an interesting book. Uh, You you know, she, she, um, I think, now has a PhD in counselling psychology. So there's a little bit of of psychoanalysis going on in the book. Um, But she was was there... uh, in that sort of mid sixties period, the Rishi Cash period, so it's it's interesting for that. Uh, it's a book. I might I might wait for the paperback, but it's 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 an interesting read. And there's one other book which uh, you put my way, which really does deal with that kind of nineteen sixties universe, which is Sean Levy's Ready Steady Go. Yes, and that's I, that's kind of broader than just the Beatles universe. It's a real sixties book. It's a real sixties book. The subtitle is Swinging London and the Invention of Cool. Yeah, and uh, it's I love this book. Because yeah. it really it's it's pretty densely written. It's full of information, uh, but it really sets a lot of the background context for what's going on. You know, if you're reading books about the Beatles, they're about the Beatles. Obviously, uh, this the Beatles are here. It talks about Epstein. It talks about the Beatles. It talks about Carnaby Street. It's it's it sets the overall. Uh, and it's very good at that sort of pre-Beatles period of you know 1960 to 63 about this. You know, this kind of story gets told a million times about, you know, how the nature of class was changing and the nature of yes. access and opportunity was changing. He covers that really well. Yes, it, it's 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 really a, a sort of cultural and social history uh, as as much as anything. Um, so there, there are books in the Beatle universe. That's Ready, Steady, Go by Sean Levy. So the final thing we said we'd talk about are books to avoid and... Um, we're going to hand over now to Stephen as the arbiter of uh, uh, who wins this year's award for uh, the 
books that we shouldn't really be reading. And I think you did. You say at the uh, at the outset this was the Philip Norman. This is Award. the Philip Norman Award for books we don't want to read about the Beatles. And yeah. uh, this year's recipient of the Philip Norman Award, Stephen, is Jeffrey Giuliano. Well done, Jeffrey. Fantastic. Um, wow. Now I we were you know we were going through this before the thing. I I don't think I've read any of his books, and now I'm never going to read any of his books. Good for you. That that you yes. really should you should really try and and, and stick to that. Um, uh, you know, it, arguably, it's 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 not fair to put uh, Jeffrey Giuliano and Philip Norman in the same yeah. category. Philip Norman, let me say, Philip Norman is a respected journalist. Yes, uh, he is a well-known author. Uh, you know, I don't care for his writing style, and he's very sort of uh, opinionated. Jeffrey Giuliano is 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 another animal entirely he's churned out maybe 20 books um yeah the one that i first came across was uh, dark horse the private life of george harrison which was published in 1990 and he used a, a quote from george to promote this right um, what where, was the quote george... get out of my house <laughs> no no the quote was uh this guy knows more about my life than i do that's a classic George, passive aggressive, mean kind of. But it was it was said in those. It was like you know, this is a terrible book. This this is an awful book. Yes, uh, it, yes, it yes. Was, it's it's as if this guy thinks he knows more about. But he he took this out of context. And this, this, <laughs> so the you know the answer would say nothing. But this 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 prompted. Um, he describes Paul as vacuous and shallow. <gasps> um, he he you know he just lays into uh to 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 everyone the quote was uh from george was i met him briefly i i don't even know what year it was i met him at a friend's house for maybe 30 minutes he was in the room right and out of that he sort of parlays into this book so he 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 then he's written a book lenin in america yeah uh which was sort of designed to create a bit of scandal a bit like the uh the goldman book yeah and it's just this wild supposition uh, and, and uh, you know, he, he claims to have read the John Lennon's diaries that, that from the Dakota years, etc. Um, it's just terrible books, and there, there, there are quite a few of them. So it, I, I would stay well clear of anything by Jeffrey Giuliano. It's interesting, you were telling me there that, uh, you know, when he was uh, called Paul McCartney vacuous and shallow, that it was Olivia Harrison that came to Paul's defence. Yes, yes. Absolutely. I mean, she, 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 she was prompted to write uh, to the Guardian newspaper, called herself Mrs. George, signed the letter. Mrs. George. <laughs> basically, basically, yeah. Um, uh, laying into Giuliano, defending Paul, um, yeah. saying, you know, uh, uh, he, he misused that jokey quote from George yes. to publicize the book and really, really advising people or warning people to uh, stay yeah. clear. So Mrs. George writes... To judge Paul McCartney as vacuous and shallow after all Paul has written and offered to the world is surely the judgment of an arrogant mind. Like a starving dog, Giuliano scavenges his heroes, picking up bits of gristle and sinew along the way. I think I know what side she's on. Yeah, she doesn't. She doesn't hold back. Yeah, no, that's pretty. That's pretty uh, awesome. There, there's one or two other books that really aren't that great. Um, that might need to, to get a mention. Jeffrey em- Jeff Emmerich's book isn't great. Here, there, yeah. and everywhere. This is. Again, this is a book that should be great. Yes, you know, like 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 Peter Asher, he's there, he's in the recording sessions, he's in the studio. Yeah. The diff- my difficulty with this book is he is incredibly dismissive of both George and Ringo. 
yes, uh, yeah. incredibly biased. Um, and again, I think this is a the, you know at the time this book came out, I think he was working with Paul. He he, he sees himself very much as in Paul's camp. And what what should be a, a, a fantastic, objective, insightful. Uh, uh, view of these recording sessions uh really i think is tainted by that yes yeah um yeah it's 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 an odd book and i think if it was your first beatles book it would give you a very odd impression of what's going on it's a, it is a bit of a lost opportunity i think it is i think that, that that's probably exactly the way to describe it it's a it's, it's a lost opportunity so for those of you keeping count uh you know there's a there's a, a good number of books here that we didn't touch upon last year that are definitely worth uh, picking up Ken McNabb's And In The End, Michael Braun's Love Me Do, Richie Unterberger's Unreleased Beatles, Clinton Halen's Act You've Known For All These Years, Craig Brown's One, Two, Three, Four, House of Nutter, and Hello Darlings, uh, and Ready, Steady, Go For The Beatles Universe. All these things are well worth a punt to your time, if any of you happen to have any free time at the minute to pick up a book and read it. These are the ones we recommend. These are the ones we recommend. And, uh, you know, and, we uh, look... Uh, yeah, and lo- I was going to say, and, lo- and more to follow. There'll be more the to follow. The the, the, there's more coming this year. Fab Fools is definitely one to look out for. But uh, you know, this is a, a a gift that keeps on giving. So I'm sure we'll do a books 2021 episode in due course to try and figure out what we missed and what's come out in the meantime. Yeah, I would guess there'll be a book or two in 2021. I, I think so. And uh, it's probably worth mentioning uh, before we sign off that Mark Lewison has put out a statement about when Volume 2 is going to come. Is, and it, is, it, is it next week? No, it's not. Well, before, uh, you know, as we record this, we're in our lockdown times, folks. Uh, but he put out a statement at the start of the year saying that 2023 was sort of not impossible, which would be 10 years after the release of Volume 1. And maybe there's been a little bit of extra work done in the last couple of weeks. Who knows? But 2023 is what he has signified as being the earliest release date possible for Volume 2 of all these years. You're you're much younger than me. I, I'm, I, I fear I'm not going to make it. Oh, come on. Stay away from the light, <laughs> Stephen. It's going to be worth it. Um, but obviously, that's the big one that we're all waiting for. So we'll, uh, there'll be lots of books to talk about in the meantime. But hopefully, that, that's something to keep uh, keep you all going for the next uh, 12 months. Um, so we'll put up uh, a list of these books online. Um, but again, as we said at the start of this episode, when we talked about books last year, loads of people weighed in to tell us what they thought. So tell us what you think. Again, we're available on Twitter at Beatles Pod. Um, we're also on Facebook. Um, if you ask to join the group, Stephen might let you in. And, um, you know, we're happy to, to, to get in touch and talk to you all in all the, the normal ways. Um, but for Nothing Is Real, I'm Jason Carty. I'm Stephen Cockcroft. And thanks for listening. And we'll see you next time. This podcast is powered by Acast. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Thanks for listening to Nothing Is Real. We hope you enjoyed today's episode, and if you did, why not become a member? You'll get access to ad-free content, 
bonus episodes, and so much more. Follow the link in the show notes, sign up on ACAST Plus, or visit our website, nothingisrealpod.com.